0: Hi, welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Goodman. I'm a certified life coach and a mom to three teens and a tween. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens yet keep firm boundaries? Do you know that you can do all of this without yelling and feeling frustrated? Here in this podcast, you will find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's go. Hi, everyone. and Welcome to the podcast. Today in this episode, I want to help you figure out some ways where you can create a home that's more warm and inviting and comfortable for your teen. And the purpose of this is because we want your teen to feel safe. We want your teen to want to be at home and know that they can come to you and talk to you with anything that they might be struggling with? A lot of these ideas I'm taking from the book Parenting the New Teen in the Age of Anxiety by Dr. John Duffy. In it, he talks about the time where we live, where things have changed so much and so fast within the last 10 years, that it is so important, even more important now than ever, to keep that line of communication open with your teen. We need to know what our teens are involved in and what they are doing because there's a lot of dangerous things around us. They can get involved in things online or there's drugs and vaping and things that are more accessible, easily accessible now more than ever. Um, Inappropriate content on the internet and information about pretty much everything at their fingertips. And even with our restrictions and things that we can do to create, you know, and try to avoid our children being exposed to these things, sometimes it's no matter what we can do, our kids are going to be exposed and our kids are going to do things that we don't want them to do. And so if we can keep this line of communication open, that that is key. And so some of the ideas today that we are going to talk about will help you in keeping that connection and that light of communication open so that your teen will be able to come to you when they need you. They will be able to talk to you about things that are difficult and hard. And so think about the vibe in your home. What does your home feel like? Does it feel light and open and and free of a bunch of stress and conflict and clutter or does it feel kind of dark and stressful and tense? And I don't want you to think about it in a way that makes you feel judgment over your home or like you're, you're not doing it right or that, oh my gosh, it's my fault. There's no way I can fix this, that things are the way that they are. I want you to be open and take a look at the things that are around you as if you are just noticing them. Don't make it mean anything negative about you or your home, but you're just noticing them and then ask yourself, is that how I want it to be? And if it's not, it doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. It just means you want to create a change. The idea here is to create less judgment so that you don't feel bad. You don't feel shame because you are not going to show up as the parent you want to be from that place of guilt and shame and like things that something has gone wrong. We want you just to be in a place where you can notice and take action and correct the things that you want to correct. And then not expect your teenager to respond right away to the things that you're doing, that's okay. We're just depositing into their emotional bank account. So the way we want to deposit into their emotional bank account right now, we're gonna think about it in terms of your home and how inviting it is. Is it inviting for their friends to come over? Is it inviting in the way that they feel like they are comfortable? They have food to eat. They have the things that they like around them. When they come home from school, do they feel nagged and interrogated and like you don't trust them? And so therefore creating a a mood in your home that feels like a lot of pressure, like they just want to go and hide. They don't want to deal with it. Or is it more inviting where they come home and they can take refuge from the stress of their day at school or the stress of navigating friendships. You know, Our teens can be so stressed out and then when they come home and we as parents, just out of love, want to know how their day was and they they don't wanna talk about it and so we can kind of badger them or feel like we're offended and so we take it out on them. That's just creating more stress and pressure for them. And so really notice how you are creating a space in your home that feels safe for them. That feels like this is the place of refuge where they can get away from the hard stuff of the world and all the pressures of classes and sports and all of those things, which may mean you need to back off when you're at home. And so what would that look like? We want your home not to feel like more stress or added pressure for your teens. We don't want it to be really loud and noisy and just more noise of the world. And so we really want to be careful in how much we're nagging and judging and telling our teens what to do, all right? Can you create a space that feels open and inviting in the common areas of your home so your teen wants to be there? And so as you think about this, And you're thinking of, okay, I want my kids to be in the kitchen when they come home from school and have a snack and not feel like they just want to go right to their room. Then have the snacks available and ready and make it the snacks that they want to have, that they like. And then release your children of the expectation that they're going to respond in a certain way. Remember, you are just depositing into their emotional bank account. So if you know the snacks they like, you have it prepared You've set it out for them. You're inviting them to have a snack. Maybe they've had a really tough day and they just wanna go right to their room. Make that okay. Save the snack for later. Don't make it mean that you did all of this stuff for them and now they're not even grateful for it. Again, reminder that this is just you depositing into their emotional bank account. And so over time, they will come to you you will get the result that you want to get. They will feel invited and open and comfortable and they will stay there. But if it doesn't happen right away, that's okay. The goal is just to deposit into that emotional bank account. Create the space, create the environment, create the the result that you want, whatever that may be, having the snack, having the, the TV onto a show that they like and inviting them to sit down and watch it with you in the afternoon, or whatever the case may be. Like this is where you get to decide like what would work for you and what would work for the child. But create that space in your home for them because you want to deposit into their emotional bank account. But then your child gets to decide when and how and you know what that looks like for them. And we want our home to be a place where they feel comfortable and not pressured to act and be a certain way. All right. So how this looks for you and for your teen is going to be different for everyone. And so this is where you just get to play around with this idea. But just be careful not to judge yourself or to be disappointed if your child doesn't respond how you want them to respond. That's not the goal right now. The goal is just to get you into the habit of being the one that creates this inviting space in your home. The second thing I want to talk about is when you see your kids when they wake up in the morning or when they come home from school, how is your demeanor? Or if you're not home, if you're working outside of the home and your kids come home and you're sending a text or they're texting you, what does that dialogue look like? One of the things that Dr. John Duffy talks about when he is counseling the teens that he works with as a therapist is he will say that these teens notice when they're young and how engaged their parents are and happy their kids are about everything that they do and then these teens notice when that changes when there's this shift and as a parent I can tell too because when my kids were younger it was so easy to be excited to see them to be excited with everything new that they would do Every holiday, they would love everything. They were so easy to please. And then as they get older, it feels a little more difficult. Our kids are not always so happy to see us. They're not always so excited over these little things that we try to do for them. And so it can hurt. It can feel painful sometimes. And that's just part of being a parent. And it's part of raising kids. And it's okay. Don't blame your kid for that. Don't put your emotional needs on them and make it their responsibility to make you feel good. That's a really important distinction to have too. So the goal, and I like to think of things as, you know, what is the end goal? What is the goal that I'm trying to do? And if my goal is to create a warm and inviting home, that's my goal. And if I've done that, then I can call it good if my goal is to be excited when my kids come home from school, that's my goal. I want to have something to say, something interesting. Sometimes when I'm driving carpool with my eighth grader, it can be quiet the entire way, or I try to, you know, create conversation or dialogue and I don't get a lot of response. And so sometimes I'll, I'll Google some interesting topics just so I can have something to say. Sometimes it works. And I get a lot of response and they get excited and we we have a good conversation. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they're like, mom, that's weird. (laughs) You know, it's not gonna look the same all the time, but I never make their response mean anything about me. Like my goal is to make the attempt. And when I make the attempt, I call it good and I tell myself good job and I'm doing my best and I don't tie my children's response to whether I was successful or not. There's a chapter in this book called, Can We Skip This Part? And I can totally relate to it because it talks about keeping our kids in a bubble because we want to protect them. We wanna keep our kids safe from the world and from the influences of the world and from all the dangers of the world, of course. But can we just skip this part? Can we just keep them in a bubble, keep them so busy and so distracted that they just can't even be exposed to anything? Unfortunately, in the time that we are living now, it's almost impossible to do that. And it's almost not even what we want to do because the end goal is we want our kids to be competent and resilient. We want our kids to go through hard things so that when they do move out, go to college or get jobs or have families of their own, that they can look back on certain times of their life and know, man, that was really hard, but I got through it which creates resilience. If they never have to struggle, they're never gonna build that resilience muscle. So then when things get hard, they're not gonna know what to do, or they're gonna need to be bailed out or saved, or they're gonna need us. And we, of course, want to be there for them, but we want them to be resilient and to feel capable. We don't want them to not think that they can handle things. And so that's important to know when your child is struggling that it's okay. If they're having friend troubles, it's okay. That's just part of life and we all go through it. And we need to go through that so that we can come out on the other side stronger. And so this is helpful for me to read as I'm thinking of my own kids and when they have had to struggle. And it's just so hard to watch your kids struggle whether it's something with friends or a hard class at school, and they just want to, you know, you just want to take it away. You want your kids to be happy, but that's not the goal. The goal is when they are in that struggle to not be worried about them. You can help them and love them and support them and trust that they they can get through this. Your kids will feel that from you. If you are worried about them, you know, think about when you're on an airplane, I'm, I'm getting better at flying, but I'm, I'm always nervous on an airplane. And when I feel some turbulence and it's starting to like shake, I'm looking at the flight attendants. And when I look at the flight attendants, I'm seeing, are they worried? Is their face worried? And if their face is worried, or if I detect that their face is worried, then I'm like, oh my gosh, like this plane is going to crash. Right? It's not a fun feeling. But if I look at those flight attendants and I see that they're still talking to each other, they're smiling, I'm like, oh, they've been through this before. This is normal. This isn't a big deal. All right? I still might feel a little bit nervous because I don't love to fly, but it's, it's not a big deal. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I've done this before. I can do this. And that's what we want to create for our kids. So if our kids are really worried They're going to know, they're going to detect when we feel worried about them. And if we're worried about them, then what do you think that they're going to think? They're going to think, oh my gosh, you know, my mom doesn't think I can get through this or this is really bad, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want my mom to worry. So then they have to, you know, not be truthful or be able to tell you everything because you're already worried. They don't want to worry you more. And then they won't feel like they can, they can handle it, but If we have that that feeling of trust and we know and believe that our kids are capable and strong and they can handle this, and also that this is normal. Having friend struggles is hard, but also it's normal and how many of us have been through that. And when we show up that way, then our kids will still feel sad and, and know that it's hard, but they will also know, like, my mom believes in me and it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. And then if they do need to share more with us, they will feel safer in doing so because they will know we we won't be freaking out about it. We won't think the world is over. The world is ending. Our kids don't want us to think that way. They want to protect us from thinking that way, right? And so when, we, when they know we won't do that and we won't judge them for the things going on or the thoughts that they have or the things that they are doing, they will feel much more safe opening up to us and talking to us about it. Saying, hey, I'm feeling scared or hey, I'm feeling really sad about this. You know, sometimes they don't even want us to fix it or need us to fix it. They just want us to listen and to be there. And even if your child doesn't open up to you like that, just being that positive, um, and, and I say positive, but I don't mean, I don't mean, you know, this idea that, you know, if your kid's upset that you're like, oh, don't worry about it, everything's fine. The most important thing is to normalize the difficult parts of life and to normalize that it's okay to feel sad sometimes. You don't always need to fix it. And so just being there to listen or offer, hey, this is tough, and but it's gonna be okay. This is tough and I'm here for you. Just stuff like that to really validate and listen and create that safe space. Our kids don't have to be protected or be put in a bubble. I believe our, the youth of this world are so amazing and so capable of figuring things out, especially with everything that gets thrown at them all the time it's just going to look different than it did for us when we were younger, like it did for our parents too. And so sometimes I'll think about that. Like I know when my parents were really freaked out about the things that I was doing, I'm feeling the same way about my kids and it's totally normal. And my kids are totally going to be able to make it through. And if I feel like You know, I need added support or help, or they need added support or help. I will be able to figure that out. It's not taking a blind eye and being in denial of the things that are going on. It's just not getting sucked into the drama of it. It's not going into the future and making up a story about how everything has gone wrong and it's the end of the world, or making it all about you and how it's your fault and how you should have prevented this. Take all of that away and you just have a child who's going through some things, and you are the best parent for them to help them through it. How can that be possible and what can you do with that? How can you be a better listener? How can you validate the experiences and feelings that they have? And how can you support them and help them find solutions and think of things that they can do? It's amazing how many resources are out there, for free even that we have access to. We live in an amazing time where we have so many free resources available to us. All right, so the most important thing to helping our kids and creating a safe environment is in how we show up in our home and in the environment we create in our home. We want our home to be a place where our kids feel safe and free and away from the pressures of the world because there is so much pressure. And we can have expectations and we can have consequences for sure, but it's okay if it doesn't look the same as it did when we were younger. We are in a different world today than we were when we were growing up. And so with that, we need to make some changes. And I feel like that is where I tend to go when I'm navigating this new way of parenting in the middle. It's okay that it's not all authoritarian and all controlling, even though that's what I like and feel comfortable. Like if my kids did everything I expected them to do with a smile on their face even, that's what I would choose. But that's not really possible. And it was never really possible, right? We've never had that where our kids have done exactly what we wanted them to do. We didn't do exactly what our parents wanted us to do either. But I have found that's where where the struggle is. When to let go, when to push, and still help our kids, you know, have boundaries, meet their expectations. And so that's where I feel like it is so individual for each parent and for each child So your parenting in the middle might look different for each kid. My parenting in the middle might look different than it does for you. And so when you can get into this clean parenting space where you're not in the drama, you're not making your kid's behavior mean anything about you as a parent or your job as a parent, and you're not even making their behavior mean anything about their future. You're just seeing their behavior for what it is. So... When you have a thought that's something like, they shouldn't have done this, this shouldn't have happened, this is terrible, and then you start thinking it's all my fault, or how could this have happened? I do so much for my child, and this is how they repay me, or they've just ruined their life. All right, thoughts like that, that keep you stuck in the drama, are going to create a feeling in you. That feeling is going to feel like you're a failure, it will feel like despair. And anytime you have those feelings of despair or like you are a failure, like everything has gone wrong and you just feel defeated, those feelings are not gonna drive your best parenting. And so the goal is to learn how to use thought work, access thoughts that are going to drive your best parenting because they are gonna foster feelings of of love, number one, acceptance that this is the reality, this is what's happened. Okay, acceptance does not mean you're in agreement with or you're okay with. It's just that you've accepted the reality of the situation. And then determination of what you want to do with it. What is the best way to do it? And trust that you will figure out the best way. All right, you won't be in this comparison mode of, well, that child never, that parent doesn't have children like this, so it must be me, right? That does not drive our best parenting. So when you feel love and determination and like you want to teach your child, all right? And if I think a thought like I'm just trying to teach my child. My goal is to teach them. You know, my goal isn't even to punish them because what I want is that punishment to teach them. But but sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes that punishment severs the relationship that would teach them if I was fostering the relationship, right? And so it's okay if you don't always have a punishment. That doesn't mean you're a pushover. It doesn't mean you're not doing your job. So this is where you as a parent get to really play with these tools. Um, I want you to stay really focused, of course, in, in teaching your children, but often I find that Sometimes the punishment is the easy way out because it's easy to just give your kids a punishment instead of having that hard conversation or being vulnerable with your child and telling them how what they are doing is affecting you and how worried it's making you. It's okay to be worried. I know I said earlier, we don't wanna worry about our kids, but if we really are worried about it and it's not because of the drama of comparison or you know everything has gone wrong, it's like a genuine concern I think worry and concern are different. Concern is you're in behavior that is damaging and harmful, either for yourself or for others, and I'm concerned about that. I feel like worry can get muddied in, in like the drama of you shouldn't be struggling, you should be happy, you should act a certain way, your life should turn out a certain way, and I'm responsible for that. And if it's not, then I have to worry. You know, We can worry because our kids are late home from curfew because they're gonna get in a car accident, right? And just get caught up in all of the stories we tell ourselves. But concern is, this is the situation. This is how I feel about it. So let me be honest with you and let's have a discussion. And when you can express yourself that way and you've created over time a home that feels safe for you to express that and for your child to receive it and then express how they feel back to you, then think of the influence you can have from that place. So not everything has to be, okay, you do this and then this punishment happens. It's like you are the teacher. So how can you best teach your child? And so really getting clear on that piece will help you so much. And then with that, creating a home environment where your teen feels safe and comfortable and accepted what would that feel like and what would that look like? All right, and then the last thing I will say, I've probably repeated myself a hundred times, is do not tie their response to whether you are successful or not. Or don't tie their response to to how, how good of a parent you are. Like if you were a, a better parent, they would listen more. They would do this more. Then you are making it all about you as the parent and it's never going to serve you well. All right, you need to be the parent that is confident and determined and confident in yourself and you don't need your children to act a certain way so that you can feel like a confident parent. If that were the case and then your children make mistakes, it's your job to teach them and that's all that's happening. It's you are teaching them your expectations, their role as a child in this family as a teen in this family. Let's come together and communicate. I think our kids they are so capable. I keep saying that, but with everything that they have going on in their life, they want to it's not going to be equal, of course. I'm not saying they need to be equal to you as the parent. You're always the parent. You're always the one who gets to decide you know what happens. You are the last word. But they want to feel heard and understood. And so when, that can, when you can lead with that, to hear them, understand them, and then teach them. And maybe that teaching piece, you will feel like, okay, I've taught them. They don't need this big punishment. You can trust that they are going to make better choices. And then if they do, awesome. If they don't, okay, feedback. You've got the feedback. It's noted now we're going to hear them, understand them, they're going to feel heard, and then this is what's going to happen now. This is what I'm going to do now. I've let you off the hook once, and you proved that you're going to keep doing it again. So we need to do something different this time. And do you see how that just feels less combative? You're in the driver's seat. I love this quote Byron Katie that says defense is the first act of war so your kids can get defensive they can yell and and not like what's going on right now but if you don't get reactive back you just allow them to have their feelings get it all out there is no war there does not have to be a battle And this doesn't mean you're letting them off the hook either. It just means you are being the parent, you are being the adult, and you are managing your emotions. Your teen doesn't know how to manage their emotions yet. You are going to manage your emotions. You can hold them to consequences and the boundaries and hold them accountable, take things away, you know, depending on the level of of the behavior. But as the parent, you can always be the one that can manage your emotions. And then if you don't and if things do escalate, you know, it will. It's going to happen. We're not going to be able to manage our emotions all the time. You know, have compassion for yourself. You can create then a place of of safety where you can go to your, your child and say, hey, I didn't handle that very well. I should be able to manage my emotions over the things that you do and say and explain why it's hard for you. This will give be such an example of, to your kids of how to communicate, how to come to resolutions. And it's going to take practice, especially if, if this is not how you are used to doing things. Expect it to take practice and, and uh, have patience with yourself, have patience with your teen. If you have questions, if you want more help with this, send me an email. You can find me on Instagram, send me a DM. I answer lots of questions over there where you can remain anonymous. You don't have to ask in a comment or a place where everyone can see it with your name attached. I'm happy to answer questions over there that way. And I hope you have a great week. We'll talk at you next week. Thank you for listening to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I'm excited to announce that my group coaching course is now open for enrollment. You will get access to seven videos and eight live coaching sessions all over eight weeks. You will learn and apply actionable tools that will help you be a more confident and decisive parent. And because us moms like to put everyone else's needs before our own, you'll also learn how to set your own personal goals and actually achieve them. Send me an email at Goodman at parentinginthemiddle.com to get on the interest list. You can also find more information on my show notes or on my Instagram page at Kristen Goodman Coaching. I can't wait to see you there.